Uh, a few months ago, a number of life insurance companies were reporting increases in life insurance claims for young working age Americans, 18 to 65, you know, between 18, 23, and up to 40%. And then Lincoln Financial, the fifth largest life insurance company in the country, just a week ago announced that in the last quarter of 2021, I think it was the last quarter, 163% increase in life insurance claims over historical baselines. I, 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 I don't, I, I just, I, and, 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 that, and here's the thing though, Greg, those are the acute things. Those are the drop deaths, the sudden cardiac arrest, the falling, you know, you know the heart attacks and strokes. The excess mortality of the, of the stuff that the cancers were seeing those cancers are going to continue to rage throughout the vaccinated population. And, and that's going to be going on for some time. And you're going to see it in young people. We're always seeing, you know, everything that's been happening in those hospitals. And, and that's why the silence of the hospitals is so terrifying. And I was going to write this Substack post called The Silence of the Deans. And the deans are a dean of a, of a, of a medical school. Um, it is an extremely powerful position. There's only about 126 of them, uh, you know, big academic medical centers in the country. And, and to know that the dean sitting atop of these major medical centers where neurologists and cardiologists and obst obstetrician and gynecologists have been seeing uh, strokes, infertility, heart attacks in people with no comorbidities at very young ages. It, a lot of the doctors and inside know. There's no way that the leaders of these healthcare institutions didn't know. Not one spoke up. I'm Greg Hunter. Welcome to USAWatchdog.com. I, I think USA Watchdog has been giving you cutting-edge information, and because we have cutting-edge top-flight medical doctors, one of them is Dr. Pierre Corey. He said early on there was going to be a calamity for the lack of pre-treatment with things like the ACQ and ivermectin, and sure enough, he was right. 800,000 people died because they didn't get care before they got to the hospital. He's been come out strongly against the vaccines, and uh, he's an expert on COVID, and he's fast becoming an expert on uh, treating vax injuries from CV-19. He's also the founder of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. Dr. Pierre Corey, thank you for joining us today on USAWatchdog.com. Great to see you again, Greg. Well, your big sin is uh, you told them there were going to be hundreds of thousands of deaths, and there were. You told them that the vaccine is poisoned, and it is. And you told them there are going to be vaccine injuries and deaths, and there are. And for that, you've got a giant sin, along with other doctors who have come out and told the truth about this whole COVID uh, CV-19 vax issue. You are under attack for telling the truth. Tell me about your latest attack that's happening to you and other doctors. Yeah. So, uh, you know, those of us physicians who've spoken out, um, before I say that we've spoken out, I, I would say that we were all sort of stimulated, I wouldn't say inspired, but challenged by the arrival of this COVID pandemic. And we had this really earnest and sincere uh, effort to become experts, to figure this uh, disease out and how to treat it. And the more expert we became, 
the more we recognized that the science and the policies were quickly diverging and we were seeing policies proliferate and and vaccine campaigns you know uh, roll out where this the data didn't support it that there was no safety no efficacy and then we saw attacks on the things that we found were working and and not only we we group inspired and challenged and did the deep work but we also weren't afraid to speak out and and for doing that for pointing out the errors for pointing out the lack of a scientific basis for all these policies and in particular the vaccine campaign um we've gotten attacked i mean there's hit jobs everywhere on, on me in the media there was two this morning but really what happened the latest attack is from the american board of internal medicine right of which i am uh, board certified in, in three different specialties uh, internal medicine pulmonary and critical care and i received a letter alongside with my partner and colleague paul marrick who co-founded the organization with me um as well as peter mccullough and other colleges uh, other boards have have attacked other uh, very public uh, publicly outspoken experts like ryan cole um, I mean, it, you, even if you look at Joe Ladapo, right, he's the, the Surgeon General of Florida, he is as smart as they come, uh, has such good judgment, and when he's tried to point out that the feds have gone wrong, uh, the media goes after him. And so, so these are attacks coming from everywhere, but to get it from a board certification agency, is th this is a new one. Uh, you know, they have a misinformation policy, and they're accusing me of violating it. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's absolutely laughable because they, they, they sent me a letter full of statements I've either written or, or made. You know, I've written on my Substack or stated in interviews, probably with you, Greg. Maybe some of those statements were from interviews with you. But, um, you know, the, it's just a letter repeating all these things. And then they tell me to defend myself. Well, wait, 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 wait. Let, me, let me hold up here. This is a pet peeve of mine in the press is they say, well, you've done misinformation. Okay, let's correct the record. What exactly is the misinformation that you have projected to USAWatchdog.com? Well, the, the arguments usually go like this, that I am saying things or I, either I'm a promoting a therapy. They, they like to use the word promote as if I'm a promoter. We recommend, we're a medical education organization, we disseminate information. Um, but they say that we promote things that are not approved by the FDA or the CDC or the NIH. And therefore, we're wrong. We're doing wrong by advocating for therapies that don't have federal agency approval. So that's one definition. Um, and, and then it's particularly with the vaccines, when we, when we, when we show the data showing that, that they really have limited short-term efficacy, which is drowned out by the toxicity. And when we show the data for that, Again, that's misinformation. I, I think the main definition is if you provide an opinion or data which does not support the prevailing narrative or policy. Dissent, discord, and debate is no longer allowed or invited. And, and so no one will debate us. No one will discuss with us. They just throw accusations that we're misinformation. I'm happy to debate. I'm happy to have a nuanced scientific discussion amongst experts. Bring me an expert who can sit and talk with me about the data on ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. I, I know all 88 controlled trials. I've been studying it consistently for a year and a half. Um, bring someone to me. You've said in the past that uh, ivermectin, you're writing a book on this, is one of the safest drugs ever invented ever. Won a Nobel Prize in uh, medicine in 2015. The downside is almost nil. 
Nil. Nil. I mean, all the studies that, that have been, you know, e even the corrupt studies where they, where they really design it to try to show that it doesn't work, even those studies show that they cannot find any sort of uh, harmful or, or, you know, any sort of concerning safety signal. Uh, and so to me, and this is why I have you on. When I saw that, I thought, wow, they're attacking him. I know he's, you know, you back up with data and reports and your experience and what you're seeing. And, uh, you know, you're one of the t world's top pulmonary guys. Uh, so then uh, to me, it, it just, it reeks of desperation. And I think, and I want to get your comment on this, I think they know the death train they got behind and they're worried. And they want you and Ryan Cole and Merrick and everybody else to shut the front door and let us slither off. What do you think about that? I, I definitely think that, and, and Robert Malone agrees, he says that they are getting really nervous on the inside. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people that promoted these policies and that pushed this vaccine campaign, you know, vociferously and aggressively, even when the data was coming out that the initial trials were fraudulent. They, they mischaracterized and manipulated the data. Um, they've ignored safety signals. Those people responsible for that who've literally, uh, you know, here's the, here's the thing, Greg, when you look at the FDA and the regulatory posture that they assume suddenly in COVID, it completely departed from decades of regulatory policy, meaning when, when VARs or VARs started filling with death reports and, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of injuries, you know, you're on a novel product that you just introduced, the general regulatory stance is to assume that that new drug or device or intervention uh, is a cause until proven otherwise. And you know what they did here, Greg? They just said, nope, we, we, this is not caused by the vaccine. And they just assumed it's not caused until proven it is. And so by doing that, and they made no effort to prove that it was or wasn't, they ignored now 15 months of, of, of a safety database which has been overflowing. I mean, I think Jessica Rose said this best, Greg. The, the stopping point for these vaccines was probably reached January, second week in January of 2021. There was enough deaths being reported and enough injuries being reported that had the FDA been functioning as it's supposed to, the vaccine campaign should have been stopped back then. We're 15 months now, they're still pushing boosters, they're approving it for toddlers. I mean, there is no limit to this vaccine obsession and this train. I mean, the rapaciousness of, of what this is, it's its absolutely terrifying to behold. Uh, I, dag, dag, I don't know if that's gonna work. I mean, uh, how do you tell a family, and I get reports all the time, and I'm watching the news, and I have people sending me reports saying, my mother died, my brother died, the so-and-so got stomach cancer a month after her uh, booster, and, and now she's dead. Uh, I, I get this all the time. How yeah. are they going to be able to just say, oh, yeah, all that, I know, what is there is up to 30,000 deaths, and that's according to a Harvard Health, uh, Pilgrim Health study, it's 1% of the actual reported deaths and i don't know are we we're topping a million injuries or hundreds of thousands anyway i mean of course they're messing with that too they all they mess with all the data uh but the i mean it's oh pfizer reported and held back 1200 deaths actually a little more 
That should have killed it right there, should it not? They did, did, did not investigate. When you look at that trial population, that within nine weeks of the end of the trial, 1,200 people died. Oh, oh. And, and when you look at trials, they don't usually include the elderly, the sick, the infirm, mul multiple comorbidities. It's generally younger and healthy people. And, and to have 1,200 people from 42,000 die in, in nine weeks, I mean, again, Greg, I don't, I don't even know how much we can talk about this. I mean, it is an overt and flagrant fraud, which will go down in history as, as the most toxic medical intervention that will ever have existed. I mean, th this puts Tuskegee, I, I mean, this is like Mount Everest, uh, you know, to, to, to I mean, it, I, I don't even know how to describe the scope and the scale of this tragedy. It's uh, the biggest ever? Yes, by far. And probably the biggest it's ever going to be. I mean, I mean, I, the, the, the jury's out. There is no debate, right? This is, as Dr. Ryan Cole said in an interview with me, this is progressive poison. The more shots you get, the worse it is. Do you agree? Yes, it has. It, we clearly see the data showing a dose-dependent toxicity. There are more and more injuries, more and more likelihood of becoming injured the more shots you get. And and again. But we know the data. We look at we look at the totality of the evidence. We're taking data from wherever we can because they're also manipulating and suppressing data, and that's been reported, Greg. You know that. Yep. The New York Times published that a few months ago. That that that, that there's a number of of instances where the CDC just doesn't document or share data. And by the way, the CDC their main job is to collect data and disseminate it to the public. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Back to the guys that are accusing you, you're bored. Um, yeah. uh, what are they going to say when you write them back and say, well, uh, that's true, that's true, that's true, that's true, that's uh, true. Here's a document for this, a document for that, a document for this, a document for that. True, 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 true. And then tell you, it's all true. What the hell are they going to say when you tell them it's all true? So that's an interesting um you know, thought exercise because, so first of all, our reply, um, you know, the, the letter was, it was basically just a list of statements that I've written or made. And then they ask me, and they tell me that uh, I'm under threat of a sanction for, be, for, for misinformation based on all these quotes, statements that I made. They, what, what we did instead of me, and then they asked me to defend myself. And, and what happened was we consulted our lawyer the lawyer carefully looked at the American Board of Internal Medicine policy on information, and it clearly states that if someone is under the threat of sanction for misinformation, their responsibility, the board, is supposed to provide me with the evidence that what I'm saying is false or wrong or unsupported. Okay? They did not do that. So our reply already got sent. It was a very a highly legal and technical letter uh, reminding them of their own policy. And we said, you're in violation of your own policy. And therefore, we don't we are not going to respond to this letter. We, we, we are asking you to reissue the letter with the evidence showing where we're wrong. OK, so 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 now, Greg, Greg you're asking, you know, what's going to happen when they try to do that? Right. And, and here's where I think it could get tricky. And and. You understand, they have the power. I don't, right? So they decide what evidence and what data 
is sufficient and rigorous enough to say something, right? So what they're going to do, I know this is what they're going to do, is they're going to rely only on peer-reviewed papers, which we know there's an editorial mafia at the High Impact Journals that have not published and will not accept papers that show the adverse event or the toxicity of these vaccines. So what you're seeing in these high impact journals is nothing but favorable studies, which show the efficacy, the reduction of hospitalizations and deaths. So if they wanna to try to bury me with those papers, I'm gonna come back at them. What am I gonna come back with them, uh, Greg? I'm gonna come back with them with lots of very well done analyses on preprint servers. I will use epidemiologic data taken from the life insurance industry, the disability data from the US government, even the CDC morbidity mortality statistics. You can see this rise in working age deaths, which began at the end of quarter one in 2021. 40%. And so I, I'm gonna use all this data. I mean, there is also some, there's actually a couple of good peer reviewed papers which really show uh, the minimum toxicity of these vaccines. And it's absolutely frightening to behold. So. I mean, I can provide a lot of data, but they're going to tell me that it's insufficient. It's correlational. You understand what I'm saying, Greg? Like they can, t they can, they can decide what evidence is really proof. But, but to say that I have no basis to say what I'm saying, um, they, they'll never be able to really credibly do that. But you know what? They're going to do what they're going to do. I, I mean, they have the authority. They want to take away my board certification. They can. Well, uh, and this against a backdrop of week in and week out, people, uh, Carl Sandana, Paul's over on stage. We just had some deputy today, just died. We had a UPS driver, died in his truck. Oh, he's exhausted. James Kahn. I mean, James, James Kahn. Uh, all a mystery, unexpected, and it's going to get worse. The deaths are going to skyrocket, are they not? I mean, I just had Dr. Um, uh, Martin on, and uh, he was uh, on Talk David Martin. And he was talking about, listen, the numbers from the deep state, the globalists, is uh, somewhere like 700 million are going to die from these shots. That's their numbers. 100 million in the U.S. So these numbskulls at your board, they're going to be trying to shut you up while one death after another is going to happen. And one injury after another is going to float to the surface. That's what you're telling me. They're, they're going to be like Baghdad Bob is what they're going to do. I'm I'm just shocked that it's gone on this long, right? But but Greg, I, I want to try. You know, I, I every time uh, I think I'm being cynical, you know, I'm actually being naive, and I'm still being naive, right? It's it's, you know, I keep thinking that something's about to break. I mean, the the deaths are now entering the news, right? That this sudden rash of un unexpected sudden death in young people that you're starting to see news media articles. And so I hope that's the beginning of a groundswell. And, and now this is gonna come right out in the open. You, you know, there is one piece of data I found interesting this morning is that um, I saw an analysis of the vaccination rates in 2022 in the UK, and they have plummeted. The amount that are not showing up for vaccines in 2022 is rapidly increasing in the UK. And so you can tell amongst the average Joe, the population who's been lied to, who's been drowning in propaganda, and, and who's been censored from really accurate and appropriate guidance and data, they're figuring this out. You can't hide a humanitarian catastrophe of this scale. You can't hide it, even with all the propaganda and censorship. When you have young people dying, you know, everywhere for no good reason, um, that can no longer be ignored. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're, what they're doing uh, with you is, uh, in my humble opinion, is they're creating, committing a crime. They certainly are committing an ethical crime. You're, let me get this straight now. They uh, want to hide one of the biggest uh, uh, humanitarian catastrophes and experiments in history, and they want to hide it. Yep. And, and here's, I don't want to be too forgiving, but it, it's my opinion, and, and, I, and Matthias Desmet, you know, who's a, a psychologist, a professor of psychology, who's written a lot about, uh, he writes a lot about totalitarianism, and, and he's well described this time of, of this totalitarianism of thought, and really, these vaccines are very totalitarian, right? The mandates across the world, the coercion, the loss of jobs, the inability to go to school, you know, unless you get vaccinated. You know, that movement towards totalitarianism, it's my belief, Greg, that there are people who understand and they, they know what they're doing. They know they're pushing a toxic and ineffective intervention on the population. But I will say the vast majority of those leaders who are pushing it, I actually believe that they are under the spell. They've believed and, and they've, they've drank the Kool-Aid they believe the propaganda that they've been fed mm -hmm. and and they think they're doing the right thing when you see the arrogance and the certainty and absolutism of these people pushing vaccines i, I don't think every single one of them is corrupt i, I look upon them as, as unfortunate victims they know not what they do right uh, they, they, but they are but they are educated to know what they do let me tell I, you what ed dowd says about the university level hey y'all you're uh all your money that you have and all these funds that you have, you know, your endowments, that's up for grabs. You force this stuff on young people to get into college and your endowments are up for grabs. I think Good. you would listen then, don't you? How about your medical, how about your insurance where you have, you give this stupid advice to people to take an experimental vaccine. They were required to tell everyone it was experimental. We find out from a doctor, and I'll shut up just in a second here, uh, a Dr. Michael Yeen, they never produced Comirnaty in the U.S. market. That was a total scam. Uh, now they renamed uh, the BioNTech 19 shot Comirnaty, not been, uh, not been uh, basically uh, approved, and it's not interchangeable according to a federal judge. These people are up to their neck in crime and murder and 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 disease and fraud are they not the, the the evidence of the fraud goes so deep i mean there was an article in trial site news today uh, uh one of the reporters on trial site news did a deep dive into the initial documents that went to the fda uh for approval for both moderna and pfizer and in those documents the, the, the actual package that they gave the FDA, number one, there were lies. They said they did certain uh, safety testing on animals that they did not do. And they provided a lot of um, scientific evidence for a different product, oh, God. for a different mRNA product, which is not approved, not in use. And, and it's absolutely absurd. So that's like the more you dig it is insane, and then you you you're you're so aware and knowledgeable about what's going on, Greg. But when you look at the data that the FDA and CDC unanimously approved for the toddlers, there's no evidence that it works. And when you look at the data manipulations that they did in that trial, I mean, 
even even a even a third year medical student in reviewing that data could tell gee that's odd that they mischaracterized these events they didn't count all the covid cases that were happening in the vaccinated while they were being vaccinated i mean d during the three shot schedule for the toddlers greg there were three two to three times as many covid uh, infections during the vaccinations as the unvaccinated and and they ignored those it's endless. Everywhere you look, you know this was a complete fraud. Ed Dowd says that. This is fraud. And those companies should and I hope will be held liable. And, you know, Fred, uh, Ed Dowd, he's called bankruptcy for those companies. He thinks the truth is going to come out. The evidence of fraud is overwhelming. And, and, and once that, that, that does come out, I, I, my, only, my, only, my only worry is that the, the power of 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 the owners of pharmaceutical companies right these these huge um you know hedge funds and 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 massive uh you know like vanguard and blackrock i mean they can they have so much power that you you wonder i mean i i hate to sound so cynical to talk about stuff but they, they also can you know money influences the courts you know are, are the courts going to be on our side well, it depends on how many people who are on that jury whose family member died and uh, how many judges whose wife or child died. I mean, at some yep. point, uh, people are going to be like, wow, everybody who got this vaccine has cancer or is dead or is dying. I mean, this is what you're going to see. I mean, I, I, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, if you're looking at, uh, you know, fair point. Uh, David Morton, you can't stop this. This is a he's talking if uh, uh, 75 to 100 million Americans will die of this and some people say it's going to be way more i i think the excess mortality that we're seeing and that we've seen since the vaccine rollout first of all it's historically unprecedented right i mean uh, a few months ago a number of life insurance companies were reporting increases in life insurance claims for young working age americans 18 to 65 you know between 18 23 and up to 40 percent and then Lincoln Financial, the fifth largest life insurance company in the country, just a week ago announced that in the last quarter of 2021, I think it was the last quarter, 163% increase in life insurance claims over historical baselines. I, 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 I don't, I, I just... I, and 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 that and here's the thing though, Greg. Those are the acute things. Those are the drop deaths, the sudden cardiac arrest, the falling, you know, you know, the heart attacks and strokes, the excess mortality of the of the stuff that the cancers we're seeing. Those cancers are going to continue to rage throughout the vaccinated population, and and that's going to be going on for some time. And you're going to see it in young people. We're always seeing, you know, everything that's been happening in those hospitals, and and that's why the silence of the hospitals is so terrifying and i was going to write this substack post called the silence of the deans and the deans are a dean of a, of, a, of a medical school um is an extremely powerful position there's only about 126 of them uh, you know big academic medical centers in the country and and to know that the dean sitting atop of these major medical centers where neurologists and cardiologists and obst obstetrician and gynecologists have been seeing uh, strokes infertility heart attacks in people with no comorbidities at very young ages it, a lot of the doctors and inside know there's no way that the leaders of these healthcare institutions didn't know not one spoke up
Wow. Are you going to tell the board, are you going to get in their face and tell them, hey, uh, y'all, you are in uh, violation of your ethics. You are covering up a well, huge medical calamity. You are covering up a calamity by trying to shut people like me up. Are you going to actually tell them that? So so I, I like that you asked that question, Greg, because I want to go back to the American Board of Internal Medicine Policy on Administrative Facial. So the policy states, and it was in the letter, that um, – I have to respond to the letter that they sent, which I did. Then a committee will meet and they will decide my fate, right? My fate is whether they're going to remove my board credentials. I, they also state I have the right of appeal, Greg. And in that appeal, I can appear before a physician panel and in order to plead my case. And going back to your question, <laughs> I would love that opportunity to sit before a, a group of physicians and we could discuss the data. And they could try to bring at me how I'm wrong. And, and I got to tell you, I have so much science and data to support uh, my opinions that I, I, I don't think it'll be a fair fight at all. What they're doing, uh, in my humble opinion, and I'm not an attorney or a doctor, uh, is uh, fraud. And fraud vitiates everything. Fraud nullifies yes. everything. And it would nullify their uh, any protection they would have from doctors suing them. Do they understand that? Do they understand they're committing such a fraud that they're going to be hanging out with your pants down around their ankles? Greg, I don't know what people understand. And, and, and here, I want to be somewhat forgiving. Going back to my point that, you know, when I said they know not what they do, like, Greg, and I may have said this before, but the world has gone mad. I can't understand their behaviors, but I know I know why the world has gone mad. The world has gone mad through unrelenting propaganda and censorship. The, the entire world is acting on really bad and fraudulent information that they think is true and just and accurate and backed by science. And it is not backed by science. And and so so when you ask me what they if they know what they're doing and they know what they're getting into, I I really think a lot of them are true believers. They actually believe that the vaccines are safe and effective. And, and when my opinions that are, are discordant from that, I'm clearly wrong. Clearly wrong. Well, uh, this isn't, this isn't going to be a few thousand people. This is going to be millions of people. They're not going to be able to step outside their house. Do they understand what they're, they're killing wives, husbands, children, grandfathers, grandparents, cousins? They're killing everybody. Democrats, Republicans, no, Brad, independents. I, I, they're killing Greg, men, women, gay. Uh, they're I killing disagree. everybody. Wait, Greg, I disagree with you. I don't believe they know that. Again, the journals are not, the medical journals are not reporting it. The agencies aren't sending out bulletins across the country to tell people to stop vaccination. The media, Greg, except for you, <laughs> the media, Greg, is ignoring it, suppressing it. There is no adverse articles on the vaccine with the exception of what i told you about is that we are starting to see one like just today in the uk the telegraph and the independent they both had headline articles big articles talking about the unexplained excess death seen uh in in i think it was scotland as well as in the uk so the uk is starting to talk about it but if you come talking about it here greg i, I gotta tell you there are people walking around right now 
still angry at the unvaccinated, still thinking that they're the cause of, of all of the problems and still thinking that the vaccines are safe and effective. It's what they've been told from every single point, every single media and journal and agency and, and official health officials, the president, they've all been told that the vaccines are safe and effective. And so, you know, and, and yet they're still experimental under an EUA. They don't think like that. They, they, I mean, that's a they fact. Don't, they know that they're experimental, but who cares if they're safe and effective, Greg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're well, safe and effective. I will tell you that these numbskulls who are, are the true believers in the mainstream media who got double vaxxed and boosted, listen, the old saying, you could ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of reality. I think that's how it goes. These people are sick. And they're going to yeah. die, and they're going to get sicker, and they're going to, and they could, they're likely going to die. We're talking about, we're talking about tens of millions of people here, Doc. Am I wrong? Do you agree with what David Martin said? With we could have I, seventy-five I, and a hundred million Americans die of this? That number, I have no idea. I hope that's not true. I, I, I don't know about that number, but I, I do know that concert, you know, that the estimates, you know, using the VAERS reports using even conservative estimates since the vaccine rollout in this country, the estimates from most conservative range from about three to 400,000 up to 800,000 Americans died because of the vaccines. Now that's not 75 million. Um, and that's been you know now 15 months since the vaccines rolled out. I don't know what the next few years, I don't know what those diseases, and, and I don't want to be scaremongering either. I right? know that, but does that count cancer too? Does that count cancers and and strokes well, and things it's, that, oh it's it's ex, it's excess it's well there's two ways to look at it one is directly related to the vaccine which i don't think the cancers are being associated these are from reports and vares those are the estimates but if you bring in the 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 cancers which is showing up in excess deaths particularly in young people right because when you see the young people dying at rates that they never have historically you know, th those are several more hundreds of thousands that are driving those life insurance numbers. And so I, I do think it's it's an outrageous and unfathomable amount of death from a medical intervention. And but I don't know what the next few years are bring. I do hope, Greg, that people listen to your program. You know, we're going to continue to show up and speak up and speak out. And, and I do think that the vaccine uptake is going to decrease. And, and, and then these new viruses that are pa popping up that, you know, purportedly have vaccines in preparation, like the monkey virus. And now we're hearing about Marburg. I, I don't think those vaccine campaigns are going to get off the ground. And, and so I'm hoping we can get this stopped before we hit anywhere near the numbers that David Martin's talking about. Um, I will ask you one other question about what you're seeing with your practice. I mean, sure. we didn't even talk about your practice, which... Uh, now you've you're trying to I mean you were outspoken about uh, pretreatment and you were right and uh, now you're concentrating on because there's no real clinic if you got a vaccine injury everybody tells me and uh, you tell me the same thing there's no place to go uh, the doctors go oh wow don't know what's going on how about a D-dimer test what's that uh, but you're seeing vaccine what are you seeing in your in your practice so I see patients. You know, I'll give you the classic. The, the, so basically, the way I define vaccine injury syndrome is it's a constellation of symptoms that appear temporally associated with the vaccine. The, the, the most common pattern I see, well, I see a few different patterns. One is I see a patient who started developing symptoms within minutes to hours, and those symptoms continued, and they spread into a diverse set, and they become debilitated and disabled. 
Um, almost all the patients who see me are disabled. They, they cannot work, um, or if they work, they're very limited in how much they can do. Um, but that's one pattern. Another pattern is they might have some acute reaction, sore arm, fever, flu-like illness. They get better. And then a week or two later, and that's probably the more common one, is a week or two later, weird stuff starts to happen. And, and the most common set of symptoms that I see are number one, fatigue. It, 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 the vast majority have like a chronic fatigue syndrome presentation. Um, they have no energy in the morning. They have post-exertional malaise, which is basically as, as they exert themselves and they try to do even a normal activity, they are decimated. They're in bed for a day or two. Or they have to come home and take a nap. They cannot tolerate anywhere near the exertion. And the third thing I see is, is brain fog, which is deficits in short-term memory, concentration, um, and, and like word finding difficulties. And then the vaccine injured especially is these, what we call neuropathic symptoms. And they're all being gaslit because they're coming in saying that they have electric shock-like feelings. They feel like their body's vibrating. They have twitches in their face, their arms. Sometimes they have whole body convulsions while awake. And I think a lot of doctors think that they're malingering or they're, they're, they're just exaggerating their injuries. They have no control over these movements or these sensations. And it's coming from inflammation in the brain. We, we know that. It's, it's subradiographic inflammation in the brain. They're getting MRIs and CTs and they're normal. And so when the MRI and CT is normal, that means the patient has anxiety or crazy. And it, it, that, that's the other sadness, Greg, is every single patient I see about the first 10 minutes, and I spend a lot of time talking to them, I take extensive histories, the first 10 minutes is spent detailing their journey through the health system. All the tests they've gotten and all the gaslighting they've gotten, and very rarely will they tell me that a doctor offered them a, a specific treatment. And so th that's, that's kind of what I see. And you know, on the positive side, I gotta tell you, we are figuring out how to help these patients. And I will say, at a, I will say every patient that comes to see me, I'm able to help to some degree. You know, sometimes I'm struggling with some where I'm only getting them a little bit better, but I've had really robust responses and I use a combination of therapies and trials of therapy. You know, I use the knowledge of the pharmacology of these therapies with our evolving knowledge of the mechanisms of what the spike protein is doing in the body as well as the lipid nanoparticles. And I won't say that we have figured this out not by a long shot, this is a super complex disease, but all I know is I'm trying and I am relieving suffering and, and, and that is, you know, my primary purpose. And so uh, I'm challenged, but I'm also very uh, sort of, um, I, I guess it, it it's also can be very satisfying uh, helping people who've been abandoned. Uh, are you also still uh, sticking by your guns and saying that uh, that ivermectin is your baseline drug? I know you do other things, but is ivermectin your yeah. go-to base drug? That's not even a question. So for long haul and post-vax, it, it is the first drug that I uh, use, and it's the backbone I use. Now, it's, it works, I use it for very different mechanisms than we do in early treatment where it's really working as an antiviral. In long haul and post-vax, we're using it because a uh, few things. Number one, it, it's one of the most tightly binding drugs to the spike protein. Wow. So if there's any circulating spike or anything that's elaborated uh, fr from the cells that break down, um, or even there's fragments of spike, we believe that, that ivermectin is binding to it and mitigating any further damage. Ivermectin also does a lot of things to the immune system in, in, in changing some of the activated immune cells to less activated. It's got anti-inflammatory properties. And, and so not only I do it because of, uh, of pathophysiologic reasoning, 
But I will tell you, of all the things that I use, that medication, I get the most positive, most frequently positive clinical responses. Um, not, wow. in every, not in everyone in my practice. I have a, a minority who take it and they're like, didn't do a thing. Um, but that is a minority. The vast majority say some important symptoms started to get better soon. And that I have sometimes, sometimes I have these incredibly robust responses. Our patients are ill for months and within days of starting ivermectin, they're like, I've had my best day in months. And, and sometimes they can regain a lot of function. Um, wow. not, not everybody, but, but those are the most satisfying, obviously. I know everybody in the country can't come to see you, but I wanted people to know that this was the science behind this. You're writing a book on ivermectin. When is that going to be ready? And I hope you come out and debut it on my program. But you're writing a book on ivermectin. And yeah. When is that coming out? And and I'm I'm hoping that we f submit the final manuscript by the end of this month. Uh, I have a co-writer named Mike Capuzzo, who's uh, actually a New York Times bestseller uh, twice. And we're hoping to get the manuscript in by the month, and I think it'll be on sale in September. So, are you going to talk about all these evil? Uh, I'm sorry, all these evil bastards that tried to sink your ship because how dare you talk about a uh, Nobel Prize-winning drug and using it for vax injuries and using it for COVID before you, you know, got intubated and shot up with, uh, as you say, when death is near. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would say that I would describe the book as follows. It's a personal narrative of my sort of firsthand witnessing of the global disinformation campaign to suppress the evidence of efficacy of ivermectin. Wow. Um, in all of the actions they took from retracting peer reviewed papers to putting clearly uh, biased and and erroneous uh newspaper articles everywhere to attacking researchers um to censorship amongst all of social media you know all of it, it they, they've done everything they could to make sure that ivermectin stayed out of the marketplace and i got to tell you in the advanced health economies around the world they've largely succeeded um not everywhere remember 25 percent of the world um actually uses ivermectin in the treatment of covid well, uh, the, I guess, uh, the, did you come to the conclusion they murdered people with this policy? They have caused untold death. So we already talked about the vaccine. The suppression of early treatment is, is the root cause of many other hundreds of thousands of deaths. But let me just say one last thing, Greg. That kind of disinformation that the pharmaceutical industry um, uh, executes They've been doing that for decades, and they've 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 paid billions in criminal fines for having done it before. They 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 are really good at suppressing evidence of toxicity of their products, which cause death. They they suppress it constantly, right? We have Vioxx and Avandia, right? We we have numbers, and and all the big players have done it, and they've all paid many billions in fines for doing it. So we know this is their standard operating uh, procedure. Um, but, you know, so they suppress evidence of toxicity. They go after repurposed drugs with, with, with fraudulent trials, with conflicted researchers. And then they do manipulated trials of their own products to show that they work. And, and I mean, you know, I, I'm not a businessman. You know, when, when I was growing up, I knew I was going to be one of two things. I didn't like business. I wanted to be a teacher or a doctor. And I actually became both. But when I see how the business world operates and how that pharmaceutical industry operates, it is a criminal industry. There, there's decades of documented proof that they do operate like criminals. Greg, they do not care. 
They do not care if their products cause death. They do not care if they suppress evidence of efficacy of a, of a, of a generic med that could save lives. They don't care. They need their products to be paid for and distributed and disseminated, and they will eliminate all competitors. And, and I had to be subject to a front row seat to that corruption around ivermectin for now 15 months. Do you think that uh, your board is, there's any swaying anybody on this board and uh, maybe that couple of little neurons which touch together and go, wow, <laughs> we're, co we're covering up a giant uh, calamity, a giant crime. We're trying to shut people up who are trying to help people. Do you think that maybe, yeah, you right. know. You, you're again asking me to get in their heads. I, I You know, Ugh. the world's gone mad. I don't know what they're thinking or what they're going to do. I, I, you know, here's my hope, Greg, is that as this data is rolling out, because like I told you, I think there's going to be a groundswell now. I think the data is starting to bubble out of the pot that they had the lid on. Um, you know, if there comes a time where I have to present before a, 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 a committee, they might be understanding that uh, maybe they got it wrong. Well, at some point, you think they'd want to save their bacon and go, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're, yes, no. We want to be on the right side of history, but instead, they are on the side of death. They are on the side of, of, of permanent damage. They are, they are breaking their Hippocratic oaths. But, but, Greg, you know, the other thing that I, I sometimes think about, I'm not a psychologist, but, you know, when you try to look at their behavior, you know, if you are a physician who is very public and vocally advocating for everyone to get vaccinated, including your family and your children, and, and you've put your kind of career credibility and integrity on the line, you've done this for 15 months, I, I, my understanding is most humans, I don't have, I don't think they have the psychological capacity to say, I got this wrong. I was fooled. I was lied to. I did not critically question the data that was being presented to me. And, and I think a few will be able to come around to that kind of new perspective, but I, I see them doubling down. I see a lot of evidence of doubling down. I mean... <laughs> I, I, I wish I could help people figure this out. I don't know. Well, I think that the the deaths are going to keep going. And I think at some point, the media is going to have a little neuron touched together and go, wow, we've been poisoned. Maybe. We've been poisoned. We've been, we took a booster. We took a other booster. And, oh, let me tell you who's really going to get it. Wait till they figure out. Wait till uh, Antifa and black lives don't matter. Wait until I say they don't matter because they don't care about black people. They, they care about houses. But yep. wait until I black people are great, lovely people. But they're but Black Lives Matter ain't for you, uh, for anybody. Anyway, wait until these people, uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, figure out they've been poisoned and they're going to die and they're not needed anymore. Wait till that happens. Yeah. Well, I'd like any group who understands that. I'd like all the firefighters, the pilots, the cops, the teachers. I mean, the poor teachers, what they've been subjected to. I mean, it's every section of society, Greg, and 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 especially the healthcare providers. I mean, they were the first and 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 still are mandated at a lot of institutions. And so, it, it it's been. I, I think it's affected everyone equally, except for some of the elites. I, I don't know, or some of the awake. Well, uh, Martin says that, you know, this is going to get worse, much worse. This is not over this year or next or the year after. It's going to get much worse. 
And Greg, when it gets... you and I can help it. You and I are going to try to turn this ship around by getting information out. Well, he says that if you've had the shots in the medical community, all got them, uh, the sick and dying are going to be going to the hospital and uh, the people, the doctors and the uh, nurses and all the other staff that runs everything, uh, they're going to be sick and dying as well. And you're going to have another, yet another layer of medical catastrophe as this thing keeps getting worse. That That's a fair point because, you know, I've been writing some substacks on reports from the front lines and I've been talking to uh, some expert veteran uh, clinicians and nurses inside the hospitals and th there have been quite a few um, stories of kind of super specialists in their field who are vaccine injured or died from the vaccine at unexpected times. And a lot of these hospitals, it's difficult to recruit, you know, a highly specialized doctor. And so you are seeing um, seasoned doctors fall ill and or die. And, and you're right. I, I, th there's going to be a void there. Um, I have a friend locally, and he's told everybody else to take it. I think I've said this before. And he says, you know, about three months ago, he said, all the doctors, that I, he knows everybody. He's like 70. He says, uh, I know everybody. And I told him not to take it. So it was experimental from the very beginning. And he said, they all took it. I ah, know it'll be fine. And guess what? They're all sick to a man and a woman, to, a, yep. to every single doctor. They're all sick. They don't want to talk about it. And they don't know what to do about it. Maybe they should be listening to this interview and maybe call you. And maybe you'll give them a few treatment protocols that may extend dramatically their lives. I, it's so sad. I, I, I really do feel bad for them. You know, I, I really do feel bad. And, and let me let me be really humble, Greg. So when the vaccines rolled out, uh, you know, I've, I've had to leave three jobs in this pandemic. I had just left a job um, and then they rolled out the vaccines and I was working solely for the FLCCC at the time. And so in the period between January and May, I was not mandated to get a vaccine and I didn't get one. Had I been actively working in an ICU, um, I will tell you what I knew about vaccines at that time and what I knew about vaccination industry was very little. I never really questioned vaccines. I always thought they were a, a universal good. I probably would have been vaccinated wow. to keep my job and to keep working. I, I, I could have been one of those victims for sure. Um, it happens by May, by May of 2021, actually it was, it was around March or April is when I saw enough to know to tell people to stop getting vaccinated. But in those first couple of months, I don't know that I would have known. Listen, my wife is vaccinated. Paul Merrick got vaccinated during that time. Oh, he God. didn't question it. Lord, 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 Lord. You know, a doctor, uh, Teresa Long, who I'm going to get yep. on the show, who's, uh, you know, expert witness, and she's a whistleblower, and she's, talking, she's in the military. And she's just saying, she told me, she said, listen, we need to pray, and, um, and we need to be kind to the vaccinated. Yes. You know, there was a huge psyop to get people to be vaccinated. It was a huge, I mean, health and human services, just them, just them. They spent a billion dollars pushing this poison, this bioweapon. That's what David uh, Morgan, David Morgan, I'm sorry, uh, David Martin uh, calls it. Uh, I mean, multiple doctors say it's in the paperwork. Uh, David uh, uh, Martin, Dr. David Martin says it's in the paperwork. It's a bioweapon. It's, it's, it's in the paperwork. And, and they and they manipulated media. They fed them money in order to support a vaccination campaign. It, 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 you know, it, I keep saying this is incredible, unbelievable, unfathomable. But 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 it, 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 it's like the worst horror thriller movie. Like you can't even make a movie about this. This is a real life that we're living. This is the world that I grew up in. 
that I was I was generally happy in and generally trusting of the systems and structures of society. And, and, and in a span of a year or two, it goes completely sideways and it un- exposes and unearths a depth of depravity and corruption I never could have imagined outside of a movie. Outside of a movie. Let's let's leave it with one positive note. It would ivermectin. Uh, if you were a betting man, well, not a betting man. You're not a betting man. You're a scientist. You're a man of science. Uh, would you say that uh, ivermectin is your first best chance of extending your life and counteracting some of this uh, vaccine injury? Would you just say that in general that ivermectin would be the go-to drug you should try first? One hundred percent. That's the first thing I would try. Um, and and it would it would help like I said it would help some people greatly others not not as much and then others not at all but it would be the first thing I would try and if that didn't work I got plenty of other stuff that I would try for them. But most people you're saying that most people the overwhelming amount of people respond well from ivermectin. Yeah, the majority have a response. Um, a good, it's not a good response. Huge. Yeah, a good response. I mean, most people will say that something improved on ivermectin. Um, so it's it's the first thing I try, but I generally have to do, use multiple therapies on these patients. Okay, with that, your book. When is your book going to come out? And please come on and talk about it. I'm sure. I, I and send me for sale in September, and uh, the pre-order you can pre-order. I think I'll, I'll give you the link, Gregory. Maybe you have it. And um, no, no, you send me a link. Have Steve, yeah, your good. PR guy, send me, or you send me a link, and uh, I will promote your book because. I think everybody should have a copy. People have no idea. They've been told it's horse warmer. Of course, you know, I understand. I know you don't you don't recommend horse warmer. You can't. But I I can see why people would buy it if the whole industry is cutting off ivermectin. I, uh, somebody told me, one of my friends said, you know, when you're trying to buy horse warmer, I said, yeah, well, yeah. And he says, uh, you're in competition with smart people. You're not, <laughs> you're not in competition with stupid people. Yep. You're in competition yep. with smart people. I went, boom. I'm having a hard time finding it. And, you know, Greg, the last thing that that book, although it's about ivermectin, you know, I'm writing that book. I feel morally and ethically responsible to show people how the pharmaceutical industry manipulates the therapies that are available to us and that can help us. And and I want to expose their tactics and their playbook and how they did it in this pandemic with that drug. And, And the last thing I want to say, Greg, is what they did to ivermectin is nearly identical to what they did to hydroxychloroquine. I mean, they they did a couple other extra really sinister actions to hydroxychloroquine, but you could see the same playbook in 2020 and 2021. You just substitute one drug for another. They did the same thing. They crushed both of those drugs. Could have saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people if they just had pre-treatment and still have treatment now going forward. Awful. Awful. Um, uh, you are the co-founder of the uh, Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. Uh, the website I will post a link to. The Great. pre-order for your book I will post a link to. Thank you for coming on. And please let us know what uh, your board has to say to you when uh, they are forced to prove everything you said was a lie, which is going to be kind of funny or difficult to do. I shouldn't say funny. It's not funny. Uh, You know, they're threatening you for telling the truth, basically. And uh, I'm sorry they're doing that. But thank you for sticking your neck out and trying to treat people and trying to educate people. We appreciate you, Dr. Pierre Corey. History will remember you well in this uh, episode. uh, That's for sure. Thanks for joining us today on USAWatchdog.com. Thanks, Craig.